Hello and welcome to Normal Boring Free Birth for Normal Boring People with Victoria and Leone. We're here to celebrate, share and explore everyday free birth stories from normal people like you. If you have a free birth story you would love to share, you can get in touch by sending a DM to our Instagram page at normalboringfreebirth or email us at normalboringfreebirth at outlook.com. Before we welcome today's guest, I just wanted to pop on here and say thank you. Thank you so, so much to everyone who's been listening to these episodes, commenting on our posts and sharing in your stories. It really helps us get the word out. It's been helping other people find the podcast. We massively appreciate it. Thank you. Also, I just want to let you know about a couple of exciting things that Leonie and I have on the go that you might be interested in. So Leonie has got a regular course called Navigating Officialdom. Now, this is for people who are planning to have a free birth based in the UK or for doula supporting clients who are going to free birth. She's really going to guide you through how the system works, how you can make the choices that are right for you and just give you so much information that will really support you on your free birthing journey. Navigating officialdom usually happens most months. Check out Leonie's page at birthwise.withleonie for further details of how to book and when her next dates are. And I have launched a course too, Homegrown. You might have seen me banging on about this on Instagram, but it is hypnobirthing and birth education that I have created specifically for those planning to give birth at home. If you want to engage in a birth prep that really speaks to your decision to home birth, that talks about all the things that you might need to know when you're giving birth in the comfort of your own home, and you're learning this alongside women who are on the same wavelength as you, then go to my profile at Free to Birth, click the link in my bio, and check out my available dates. So today we hear from Catherine. She first talks us through her hospital birth and her journey of preparation and planning that led her to have a free birth with her second baby. She also talks about her decision to transfer after the free birth and I think that's such an important conversation to have. We can learn so much from this. So sit back, get a cup of tea, pop your headphones in, whatever you're doing and enjoy today's story. Thank you so much Catherine for coming to join us. We're so excited to hear your story. Um, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. Um, just because I love you both. I've followed you for a while. And I think, you know, what you're putting out there and sharing is just, you know, potentially birth and life-changing information and everyone should have access to it. So I was really, really excited when I saw that you were starting a podcast, especially the title um is just amazing I was just like yeah it is just normal and boring sometimes like you can just stay at home and have a baby and that's literally can be it so I was like yeah because you're you're kind of destigmatizing free birth really Mm. in a way because it it has become this thing that sort of seems a bit out there and a bit you know wild but really it's it's for everybody it's it's free birth is you know literally just birth um and that's what made me really excited about it because I think we'll come on to the story but when I was preparing for my free birth with Luna part of me thought it was something you know that people who lived off grid did or you know they were yogis that had prepared their mind and body for years and how could I possibly do that I was just like this like normal ordinary person um and it felt really unattainable and then halfway through the preparation I realized it's just birth and birth just happens mm-hmm. and we have every 
everything we need already inside ourselves to do it so I can literally just stay home and birth my baby and it could be really that simple um so yeah I just loved when I saw the title of your podcast I was like yes oh my god I have to get involved <laughs> oh, this sounds amazing. amazing um <laughs> so yes I'm Catherine I'm a mother of two um Marley, who's five now, and Luna Ray, who's two. So she's the moment my second was my free birth. And I've been a um, charity fundraiser for the last 15 years. Um, oh, wow. And since my free birth, I'm now working in the birth world um, as a doula. So getting to support other women on their free birth journeys as well, oh, which is absolutely incredible. Yay. Where would you like to start your story? Start from wherever you feel the beginning is for you. Mm. Yeah, I think my kind of journey into motherhood, this whole made into mother journey that I've been on on the last six years, really. I think um, well, I always wanted to be a mother from, from a child, really. So it started really, really early. Um, and I met my person, um, mm. my husband, when we were really young, 20-year-old uh, babies. Oh, wow. So straight away, I was like, right, the babies are ready to come through. Let's oh, go. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he was like let's maybe let's wait a little bit so we put the brakes on I'm quite glad that we did that in the end um because you know we were living in London at the time you know going out a lot we had really busy careers I was in the charity sector in fundraising and he was in the film industry so working you know 4am till you know 11 p.m days so it you know it was not sustainable for bringing mm. a family in so we made the right decision to wait wait a little while so I think I was about 29 um and we decided to to try for our first and um I think it was literally like the first time we had unprotected sex it was like here I am <laughs> oh, wow. straight in um I mean you can never be really mentally prepared mm. can you um so it was a bit of a shock because hmm. um, it was so quick. I think I, in my head, I was like, it will take a few years. You know, we've got time. But he was like, no, I'm coming through. Um, yeah, definitely. So we very quickly, we decided to move out of London. Um, we moved back to um, Leeds, which is where we are now hmm. um, in the beautiful county of West Yorkshire. Um, and yeah, I just at that at that time in my life, I was of the consciousness it wasn't in my realm of film, thinking free birth or even home birth really oh, right. I was just like you have a baby you get pregnant you go to the hospital mm. that was all I knew that was all mm. my you know I'd been shared from family stories yeah. I didn't know anyone who'd had even a home birth or anything like that I was just like you know everyone was around, around me saying you know when are you going to go to the doctor you know that was just what mm. you did yeah so yeah. So that's what I did. Um, so I was in London, like I said, we then moved back up to Leeds. So so change, so change from midwives at that point. It was a very like normal, healthy pregnancy. You know, I loved being pregnant. Mm. But there was something about the, the appointments, you know, the antenatal appointments that mm. left you feeling a little bit ick. It was like, as expecting at least like a congratulations or like, a, yeah. how are you? Or like, yeah, yeah you know, this grandmotherly woman in my head that you could share all your problems with and mm. she would hold your hand on this journey. Mm. And I remember very nervously, like, writing down lists of questions and being really scared to ask them. And then mm. it would just really, like, brush them off. Like, yeah, that's normal. Or da 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 You know, I don't know what I was expecting, you know, those, those antenatals. They're not fun. So, yeah, they started to say, yeah, he's measuring too big. 
um we need to send you for growth scans and this was like three or four scans um, and I didn't know what I knew now about you know that there could potentially be any any harm in that you know not only physiologically but psychologically psychologically in my head you know stressing me out when mm. I'm pregnant you know who who needs that um and how pregnant were you Catherine I was 28 kind of... weeks at that point okay. so it wasn't like you know the the very end where you were like you really need to you know mm. just enjoy the time and be at home and all cozied up it was very it was, but they kept sending me for them. So I think there was one at 28 weeks, one at 34. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, that should have been my first red flag. Mm. Because how can, you know, how can a baby be too big to birth? Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. there was something in my, there was something in my head that did think that I was kind of felt quite strong and I knew that I could birth my baby and that they weren't, it wasn't was going to let them stress me out. So I actually mm. did not go to the final one because I just yeah. said well you know these these are based on averages and he was actually eight pound two when he was born so that tells you oh. well there you go oh, yeah not even big exactly not <laughs> <laughs> I know I've seen some gorgeous like eight you know 10 11 12 pound babies now been yeah. born at home on Instagram and stuff it's amazing yeah, definitely um so we that was that was about it so we went into um end of pregnancy feeling great and get to 39 weeks and labor begins and um we were just at home um surges came on actually quite consistent and strong fairly soon there was no like slow gradual build-up or anything it was like right boom he's coming today's the day (laughs) um I think I just had a nice bath and then as I was getting up out of the bath it was like a classic gush um water's breaking so um rather than just stay at home which is what I now know I should have done we (laughs) called up and we said what do we do Mm. you know my waters are open and they said I'll just come on in um, and we need to check it definitely was your waters right um, yeah you know like we can't check ourselves we can't possibly know ourselves if our own waters have gone yeah um, or that so you even need go. to know yeah I mean like what was the what was the stress there you know if it was waters it was waters if it wasn't then it wasn't <laughs> I mean just, exactly. just go with it yeah they want to put you on the clock don't they yeah, they want to exactly. um mm-hmm. so off we go um this is about 7 a.m. in the morning. So they get there and they say, Oh, yeah, it was your waters. I'm like, Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you telling me. I could have told you. I could have told you that. Mm-hmm. Actually, what they did is made me put a pad in, go for a walk, and come back and give them the pads to prove okay. it was my waters. Um, which, again, you know, you're in early labor. It's not the most fun activity to be doing, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, so then they, they, they do give me a check um, and I was three centimetres and they said, OK, you can either go home or go for a walk um, around the hospital. Mm. At this point, my body is kind of full of adrenaline, full of fright or flight from just leaving the home and going through this, checking in and having checks mm. and yeah. walking around with a pad on and being in yeah. a hospital environment. So my body is just like, I can't go anywhere. I'm here now. I'm not going. Mm. I'm not, and then coming back. That just sounds insane. Mm. So. We stay, we go for a walk outside and it's a gorgeous July day. It's really, really hot. Um, and we're outside laboring in the parking lot. Wow. I'll always oh. remember this, where patients 
were from the respiratory ward were outside smoking cigarettes. Wow. And, oh you know, my God. Um, had, have, having their IV bags on wheels. Oh, um, I can just see it. I can just see it. Oh, God. I know. Oh, um, and the adrenaline really kicked in at that point. So I was actually vomiting as well outside oh, in, in the God, car park. Catherine. And bless them, these lovely patients oh. were like passing me like tissues to clean up my sick. And, oh, God. Oh, oh no, I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny, but it's just like, <laughs> it's just not the backdrop you want for your labouring, right. is it? Like just to kind of just be hanging around, you know, well, sick people and, um, mm-hmm. and then just being sick yourself through, you know, the, like you say, the adrenaline and the pressure and just the, the labouring of it all. But oh, what a shame. I know it's it is kind of a comical so it's it's like oh. something out of a, a show now yeah <laughs> back on it but it is this it's supposed to be this sacred um mm. you know the time you're you're bringing your child into the world and this environment is just not conducive to that at all when you look back on it um so yes everything um progressed um they finally let us you can't see me now but I'm doing air quotes let us <laughs> onto the um, <laughs> onto yep. the uh, labor ward <sighs> and so like I said in my pregnancy I was very much of the mindset of hospital birth however something deep inside me did say that I wanted to experience you know a natural water birth that was just coming from somewhere I think a lot of women can relate to that and um, women and birthing mm. people they feel you know this there is just something inside us that, that says we want to experience that um in our lifetime so mm. so I even though I was at the hospital I said right I want to get in the pool please um so they fill it up I literally go to put my foot in and they say oh actually sorry you're not allowed your blood pressure's too high oh what <laughs> oh god's sake it's right there <laughs> just let me do it could taste it and it's oh. it looks so inviting oh. and oh it's just you know I was in active labor at this point um, which would have helped you relax which would have helped bring your blood pressure down yes exactly exactly yeah exactly it was this it's I, I did actually say now that I know what I know now mm. about my birthrights and things I would have said um, I'm getting in you know it's my choice oh, yeah. where I give birth but yeah. I just thought you know they wouldn't be telling me that if there wasn't something exactly. you know yeah. wrong yeah. here but obviously my blood pressure was going to be raised because of the stress of going in and so mm. if it had come back down a bit later you know why I, I did actually say to her well can I get back in in a few hours or something and I just always remember she kind of tilted her head to the side and looked at me with pity and said oh no dear you know you can't get in now um oh, nice and patronizing oh, oh god that was, your, that was your chance and you lost it yeah <laughs> yeah it's so and cool of- to show you it to show it to you and then not even let you get in god oh no so end up on labor ward with obviously then it's ctg monitor strapped to me um so i'm obviously laboring um with no you know limited movement um I remember just you know standing up rocking from side to side as that was the only way you can get movement into your body isn't it when you're stuck strapped down to these machines and these wires everywhere and Mm. the room is very small and um, machines everywhere and but my husband is great my mum turns up and we just labor and we just carry on and I think I get to 10 centimeters and then obviously everything just slows down and we're not on their time frame. So they come back in every few hours, 
you know, we're going to need to start seeing a baby soon and putting the pressures on (laughs) of time. And at this point, I just give up. I think I say it's really starting to hurt now or something like that. Mm. Um, And I was expecting the midwife to maybe offer some position changes or let's move around or what could I help you with? But she just said, oh, we'll just get get you in for your epidural now. And I think it had been about 38 hours at this point and I just disassociated. I just gave up. I thought... (sighs) well it's not going how I wanted so you know you feel now it's out of your control and someone else is now calling the shots so it did end up in epidural um and then obviously you can't then feel anything at Mm. all so when it came to pushing it was just really really hard and the coach pushing went on for hours and hours and they just said um you know you've been pushing now for over two hours so that's you know he's not going to come basically oh wow if he was gonna come he would have come by now you know without even let's try maybe a different position or walk around or yeah and how did that feel Catherine how did that feel to to receive that kind of energy you just feel totally unsupported and then you kind of check out I think Mm. um of your body I remember even saying to her is there anything I can do Mm. um and she was like no which is kind of weird when you think about it when birth comes from within. Yeah. Um, it was like it was everyone around you is now managing and is is doing the birth and you're just along for the ride, like you're mm. a, you're on the conveyor belt in a way. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I just kind of checked out then at that point and it was just like, let's just go. You just go with what they tell you to do. Mm. So um it was ended up going into theater for forceps birth um he well it was posterior um a doctor did she put her basically her arm inside me up to her elbow and turned him oh goodness without asking without Without asking oh my god um and obviously it was a pesiotomy without consent obviously on my birth (gasps) time it said no pesiotomy under any circumstances and then obviously forceps birth I didn't realize that meant it wouldn't be a pesiotomy when I was signing the the form you know you don't even can really read it when you're in you know you're 10 centimeters open yeah exactly you're not really like reading what's on this form that you're signing are you you're in a completely vulnerable you're in a whole other place but if that's on your birth plan you know there should be some respect for that and people should be highlighting that to you you know if you've said under no circumstance they should be telling you well yeah but in this case we do need to do it you need to you know can we get your consent for that because to to just when did you did you when did you learn that you had had an episiotomy was it after the fact was there a point where you realized Mm -hmm. that had happened yeah it was after afterwards yeah because I I've been in a similar situation and I feel that when you find out that something like that's happened that you didn't consent for there's like a kind of like a kind of it hits you you know you kind of feel like I had no idea but 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 that's happened now and I'm here and that happened in the past but it still really hits you and it because you just feel so like betrayed you know like they just weren't listening to you so I feel like that to find out about that afterwards can be really harmful too but yeah yeah it's another layer isn't it you're dealing with what you've just gone through yeah then trying to deal with I've got a new baby but then also trying to process wait what what have they just said? What's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What does that mean now? Yeah. Yeah. All in yeah. your postpartum. So, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you, Catherine. Oh, bless you. Thank you. He um so he 
bless him. He, I remember saying, I want him on my chest straight away. Mm. And they just kind of showed me, showed me him and then ran. Um, and I was like, why is he okay? Where's he going? Mm. Um, and it turns out they, they thought they'd caught his eye with the forceps. <gasps> Um, and they thought they blinded him. Actually, they just missed. Oh. But oh and they goodness. didn't tell you what was going on. Oh, bless him! He's oh. he still has a little scar under his eye. It's very close. You can literally see how close it was to his eyeball. It was wow. like, and he has to obviously wear that scar now. You know, for the rest of his life. And I have to. I look at it all the time. And um, mm. you know, for ages, I felt I was like I failed us. You know, oh, my body no. failed us. Yeah, I didn't give him the birth that he deserved or that I wanted. But as I kind of dealt with it over the the next few years, I actually realized that, you know, it, my birth didn't actually have to be like that. And they kind of failed mm. to support us. And, um, you know, just because it was posterior doesn't mean we had, to, there was, you know, there wasn't anything that they could do. We could have, you know, if um, I got in that pool at the beginning, maybe mm-hmm. it would have been yeah. a lot different and I could have just labored very relaxed and he would have had the space to kind of, um, kind of be born in time. Definitely. And I mean, uh, a posterior baby does tend to take a bit longer when, yeah, you know, yeah. women labor for a bit longer because, you know, it might be that the baby then can actually maneuver, you know, they yeah. might actually turn or they might just be born in that position, which is absolutely fine too. It's another just normal way of being born, but it might just take yeah. a bit longer. But yeah. instead of looking at it like that, they just go, oh, no, that's wrong. Or oh, this time frame, you've run out of time, so we have to do something. And then then you go down that path. But oh, yeah. so, it's so frustrating. I- I think they use it to justify their yeah. interventions as well. Sometimes they go, oh, well, look, he was posterior, so we yeah. had to do it all. Um, or whatever, X, Y, and Z, you know, fill in the in the blank, really, whatever it is. They mm. kind of use it to say, well, we, we had to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I kind of left obviously left the birth with with trauma and Mm. I remember you know you're then thrown into motherhood and postpartum Mm. and you know I remember you know trying to sleep and you know getting flashbacks from the from the Mm. event um having really kind of hyper vigilance so when we'd leave the house I was Mm. like I would think that any car was going to come off the road and steer into us or a bird was going to come into the pram. It was that very intrusive kind of thought. So it was a very, it was intense postpartum. And and what was your support like? It was great. So that was really good because I know how tricky that can be for some families. Um, So my mum and sisters actually like, basically moved in for the first week so that was amazing um and they really helped as well but I think it's what everyone it's hard for them to to realize that you might be feeling a certain way about the birth it's Mm -hmm. that kind of you know well you know look at this healthy baby as long as he's here that's all that matters that's what you kind of get back from people isn't it um so there wasn't well, it's really hard, like... isn't it it's hard asking those questions you know how was your experience and to be able to receive it if it wasn't a good experience and you know it's it's hard to hear somebody's tough times I think mm. but mm. just so so important that we are able to be around people in early postpartum who can ask those kinds of questions um to be able to see beyond the baby to the mother Mm, there wasn't there isn't really the container 
for mm. it or is there in in my realm at the time um there wasn't really like you know where do I go the the, the jeep you know your, your six-week appointment with a random male gp yeah <laughs> wasn't really the space wasn't really the time, oh. time and space to bring it up and no one actually yeah. ever asked me you know i see the birth trauma statistics now mm-hmm. it's something yeah. like one in three mm-hmm. um and i think well no one actually asked me so i think those statistics are a lot higher than we're actually recording yeah. um yeah. you know because I, I mean i was never asked and there must be there must be a lot more out there that aren't kind of seeking the help as well mm. I think yeah so mm. the best thing I did was was reach out to people in the birth world because they were the container I found so outside of the system mm. um uh, so I had you know birth trauma debriefs with with a with a birth worker and that was just amazing because they could see it from the birth's perspective and how that birth unfolded and they could say to me there was nothing in that birth that you that should have suggested anything other than the birth that you wanted mm. you were led down a road of kind of intervention unnecessarily in a way mm. um and that was just that kind of light bulb moment where I was just like wow it wasn't us that that failed it was it was them that failed to support us and mm. um that's what actually sparked my love of birth. So I wasn't even pregnant, but I just started reading everything that I could about birth. Mm. Um, so which is what I should have done in my first pregnancy or even <laughs> preconception even. I say I say to, to families now, if yeah. you can start, start even before you're thinking about getting pregnant, then amazing. Yeah. Because I wish I'd had this information in my first pregnancy, you know. Yeah free birth doesn't just have to be for your second or third or fourth mm. it can be for your first you know your first birth isn't a practice run Definitely. um it's the greatest gift that you could give to yourself and your babies is a beautiful birth experience because mm. not only will your baby be um you know unhindered and mm. and, and be born in their perfect self but you will give them the gift of you know the most ecstatic connected version of yourself as well full of oxytocin mm um yes so, yes 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 <laughs> love that I, I wish I'd um you know start found this information sooner but I found it when I was dealing with my birth trauma so you know yeah. in a way I, I don't look back and regret the first birth now because yeah. it led me to finding this information um you know the wound reveals the cure in the end as they say definitely yeah. um mm. so I've definitely healed from the experience because uh, of of that of of reaching out for support really um oh, amazing with, uh, with other birth workers amazing and so yeah I started just devouring everything I could about pregnancy and birth and I wasn't even pregnant and my husband was like why are you reading birth books all the time <laughs> oh I love that I love that that's I hear we hear that from so many women it's like it's like the other halves feel like well it will stop now won't it you know you talking about birth for it like endlessly <laughs> we'll stop now that you've had the baby and it's like nope I'm still <laughs> just going the beginning. <laughs> yeah that's right it's an obsession now oh yes oh yes <laughs> I remember reading um, Birthing from Within by Pam England, I think it is. And there was a really, really simple line in there. And it was the, it says that the unnecessary medicalization of birth has left three generations of women physically, emotionally and spiritually wounded. And it was such a like, simple sentence, but I just went, oh my God, yes, it has. Yeah. Like I just burst into tears and I was oh. like, 
I was just crying for like all the problems in in, in our mother lines mm. and every mother baby dyad that had been unnecessarily, you know, disrupted and yeah. traumatized. Um, and then I found a free birth story. Ooh, um, wow. It was a podcast. I don't know if you follow her, Nurturing Novas, um, Catcher oh, Nova yeah. on, on Instagram. She's amazing. Um I found her free birth story. So she free birthed her, I think she's got four now, but she free birthed her second in the Dominican Republic. Amazing. I found her story and I was just like, what? (laughs) You (laughs) You can can do this. Birth a baby without (laughs) anyone there. Amazing. (laughs) And then I was like, and then I just, just that was it. I was obsessed Mm. with birth and free birth stories. And I was like, yes, this is, this is the way. So I knew then that I wanted to have another and that if we were blessed with with another that I would be free birthing it was just that kind of immediate yes you know a whole body yes that's the the first time I can ever say I've experienced that as a Mm. whole body yes this Mm. is what I want to do and what was it about free birth that you were really drawn to like what was it kind of what part of it was speaking to you I think it's it was just to limit the interventions because what I'd started to realize was that even from um, friends stories and and stories that I found online and podcasts and things even sometimes with home birth midwives unfortunately because something in me did want another woman there um, if I'm honest um, Mm -hmm. but who was going to be that person that was able to that able to go with exactly what I wanted and not with what um you know the policies and the mm-hmm. the guidelines that their employer um was tying them to you know through their licensure um mm. so it was just to have that full autonomy and sort of a curiosity as well about being totally undisturbed um and having no one else there that you could say did x y and z Mm -hmm. um you know if it was just you you can then say I did it (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know I just birthed my baby and there was no one to outsource your power to or to turn to and say is this right or because they could just give you a look and say something's a bit and kind of get in your head Mm -hmm. um Mm. so it was just that more that more that curiosity um yeah to see what see what it would be like um, when it was just me mm. um and my baby really the two of us together mm. um so we got pregnant when so our eldest Marley he was two two and a bit I think um and we got pregnant with Luna so like I said it was an easy decision at that point that that's what I was going to be doing mm. but again I think I remember seeing an article that said um, once it was something called, I can't remember who wrote it now. Um, It was something called we're in an abusive relationship with the NHS. Um, Uh, Yeah. And so for me, it was, it wasn't like a instant breaker. It -hmm. was more of a gradual breaker. Yeah. It's hard. Um, There was still so much like conditioning and unlearning to do. So in a way I was still like, I should go to my appointments mm-hmm. um it wasn't as clear-cut you know it was a journey it was a of course it was yeah. a gradual it was a gradual thing so I 
I knew that I wanted a free birth, but I thought, right, I'll just do my do my antenatals. And I think if we ever go on to have a third, I would like to explore what, you know, a totally wild pregnancy would be like. Mm. Because, mm. you know, in a way, those appointments weren't actually doing what I realized was they weren't actually doing any doing me anything or anything good. They were just <laughs> making me feel a bit more weirded out and stressed out, yeah. which is yeah. not what you want when you're pregnant. Yeah. So I did go to them, but I did just decline all tests um and scans mm-hmm. um so even that because I'd go into the appointment and she'd say right we're just going to do this blood test now and I'd say no thank you and then look on like her eyes would go like as wide as saucers and yeah you're like what and I that was sticky for me you know being a bit disruptive and it's really confrontational isn't it like you know did you see were you someone that was lucky enough to see the same person every time or was it a different person at every appointment that you were having to kind of go oh actually I'm declining it was a different person every time and this was 2020 oh no you had a double whammy coming into key to lockdown in a minute yes (laughs) add that in the mix yeah um But so yeah, but yes, there should have been, you know, that continuity of care I never had with either pregnancies. It was literally a different person at every single appointment, or someone was always off. Yeah. Um. So I was going to the appointments in a way. Part of me, I hadn't actually researched much, even though I was learning a lot about birth. I hadn't actually researched much about that afterwards. You know, about notifying of the birth Mm. and what happens. So in my head, my plan was to um, go to the antenatals and say that I'm having a home birth and then call and then call them afterwards and just say, oh, that happened really quick. So yes. a BBA, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a BBA, because then also I think for my husband, although he was like, you know, you're the mum, you get to decide. He was really supportive of, our, of my decision. And obviously he'd been there through the first birth. Mm. And he'd seen the trauma and he'd seen it afterwards. So he just wanted, you know, whatever I wanted, essentially, for the second birth. He was really supportive of free oh, birth. And we watched okay. some videos, you know, free birth videos together. Um, some great free births on YouTube. Um, so he was really supportive. But I think his kind of middle ground was let's just have the home birth team's mobile number in our phones. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Um. So that was his thing. And, I, and that that felt all right for me. I was like, yeah, it's just there then. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, we know, you know, we know we literally live 10 minutes from a hospital. We've educated ourselves enough to know um, if we did ever go in, we would. You mm-hmm. know, free birth isn't, um, you know, we're just going to do it at all costs. I think I heard you guys say. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, that was our middle ground. So that meant I had to go to the appointments and then things like, you know, your map B1 form and yeah, I think Practical we want things fly. I think we want to fly somewhere and I was over 20 weeks, 28 weeks and you have to have a midwife letter. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. I, I made certain airlines, I think Ryanair. Oh. <laughs> How funny. I guess if that would purely be for insurance, won't it? Like, look, we have a letter. It was fine. Yeah. She'd like tick the box. She's, yeah. she's not going to give birth on this, but I mean, I was, I think it was a 30 weeks but yes um so all those little things I thought it's just easier just to go to the appointments yeah. and um it's just weighing all those things up isn't it like what's kind of the letter of two evils sort of thing yeah um yeah and luckily we ha- I mean it was a straight again a straightforward pregnancy um so we didn't have to deal with any more of the but but we didn't have to deal with any more of like the growth scans because I didn't let her measure my bump 
Ah, so there yeah. could have been things that were more stressful, yeah. those appointments. But because I declined the, the tests, you were, you were automatically making it not a thing. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it was more just the accessing the parts that we needed, which was the, the forms and the... Mm rather than actually get receiving any care because yeah. it, it never felt like care but so like I said part of me did would have liked so we were planning to do it just me and my husband and that's it um part of me would have liked another woman there so I did research you know independent midwives mm. and doulas and I found a doula um booked her and then March 2020 we go into lockdown yeah. um, um yeah she said she said she didn't feel comfortable attending um so Luna was born in May 2020 um and I think um doulas weren't attending births at that time or probably somewhere underground I don't know um but um you know this was the the height of it the height of the pandemic so you know she didn't feel comfortable attending and you know I I was fine with that that that's her choice um Mm. But part of me was like a bit, oh, no, I'm abandoned now. What do I do? Yeah. Um, so we said we kind of sat with it for a bit and we we, we felt fine just doing it, just me and my husband. Um, and then we were playing, we were kind of playing with the idea of having our son there, but he was only two and a half, mm. nearly three at that point. Um, I think maybe if he was a bit older, mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have been a bit easier. I mean, yeah. two and a half year olds. Because um, I thought if it was just me and then, he needed Dan and the dad yeah. had to go off you know he couldn't be there for me yeah so we kind of just decided to have a backup of a friend mm-hmm. um to be on standby to take Marley if we really needed to um and again it, it was May 2020 so family couldn't really come up and travel and stuff um but it was fine we were in our like pregnancy bubble just um you know in lockdown but just going for like walks every day in the woods and um it felt like it did feel like a really special time um I spent a lot of time like I said researching birth and mm. thinking that because I wasn't I was having a free birth I had to do all the things mm-hmm. so listen to all the meditations and learn a lot about birth and mm. exercise and eat right and, and then at some point in the pregnancy I was just like birth just happens yeah <laughs> I don't I'm, I, I was like am I play, replacing my dependency on the medical system with the first birth with a dependency on let's do all the things to feel like yeah. you you're okay to free birth and at some point I just like literally let it all go mm, that's said, such a good point yeah I love that, that. such a good point wow yeah. are you replacing your dependency yeah yeah thank you <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, God, that's, I feel like it's a conversation we could, we could talk about that for hours because I see that a lot. I've noticed when other people talk about free birth in a, in a kind of favorable, allowable way, it's almost as if they have to say without even like stopping to breathe that free birth's okay. As long as you do all this massive amount of research and you get trained by like mm-hmm. a specialist and you mm-hmm. do all this and you, like you say, you eat right, you do, you're really, really good condition, you're fit, all that kind of thing. It's like, we'll allow it socially speaking as long as we feel like you've basically become a kind of birth guru and then and then it's okay but like you say I mean I mean you can do these things if you want but you don't have to you don't have to if you don't want to if you just feel like you're really happy with your choices and what you're doing you can just do that if that's what feels right for you 
you can literally just birth a baby yeah it's normal and boring yeah exactly (laughs) and our ancestors would have done very little apart from just crack on with their lives wouldn't they um they wouldn't have been there like researching every position and Mm. or changing their lifestyle dramatically over the course of the pregnancy yeah turning everything on its head (laughs) yeah you can just live your life and Mm. carry on and so that was really like I remember a moment I was just like ah I think I had a a, a mantra Mm. and it was just like birth happens Mm. oh I love that two words nice and simple yeah birth (laughs) happens it's just like it just happens and that's it like that's all you don't have to do anything you don't have to learn anything you don't have to be anything you just have to have a baby in in your tummy um so yeah, I'd let it all go and we just spent a lot of time walking in nature and, and that was lovely. Um, so yeah, 40 weeks, three days, I think it was. Um, and I had the one thing that I had done is ask myself the question, what would my dream birth look like? And just write it down. So mm. just literally scribbled it in a journal mm. and I would read it every once in a while. And, and what did it look like? Mm. You want to share that? Mm. Yeah, well, I, I held it quite loosely. Um, but I said, I did, the one thing that I did say was I that I wanted it to start first thing in the morning. <laughs> uh-huh. Because, you know, like end of pregnancy when you can't really sleep and you're a bit like uncomfortable and aches and pains. And every day you wake up and you're like, oh, God, I'm so tired. I can't imagine giving birth today. Um, <laughs> so I just wrote down, <laughs> I'd want to have a full night's sleep. Yeah. And I want to wake up and then birth starts. Yeah, good plan. Um, and then no. I wanted to be fairly, because my first one was long, I just said, it. you know, it's, I didn't set a time in my head, but I said, you know, uh, a, a quick, but not too quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, a day or whatever. Um, I, was, I was, I was like playing with it. I wasn't holding it to, mm. to like, it mm. has to be like this. Um, but actually what happened was I woke up after a full night's sleep and my first surge was 7 a.m. in the morning. Oh, so wow. I was just That's like, so interesting. Yeah. yeah. I read, I'd read it over and over again and, and kept that kind of vision of us all being mm. in bed, waking up, like looking at my son in the, who co-sleeps in the middle of us and my husband's mm. faces and just having that moment where I knew it was happening before they woke up. And that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, it was so exciting because I knew, you know, there was a few um, weeks leading up where, you, you know, just had um, like a bit of prodromal, mild sensations. Mm. Um, but this one, I was like, yeah, it's today. It's today. You just know, you just have that intuition, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's today. Um and it was May. It was the hottest day of the year. It ended up being. Oh, Not that I could have told you that in the no. moment. You know, when you like don't even look up outside, John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Realised later it was like apparently it got up to like 28 degrees or something. Whoa. Um, wow. But God. I do, I do remember the sun coming in through the windows and just looking at, you know, Dan and Marley's little beautiful sleeping mm. faces, thinking, oh. you know, it's the last time. It'll be the free of oh. just the free of a um, so that was a really nice moment. So I just mm. took myself into the garden and just had a little move around. And that felt amazing. You know, mm. totally different to the first birth where you can just explore your whole house and your, your whole garden. And um, mm. just felt really lucky that I knew that she was coming. We didn't know she was a she yet, but I had a feeling. Mm. Um, and there was a squirrel. I remember there was a squirrel in our garden. And he was just like dancing around, walking around with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> just <laughs> 
following this squirrel around for a bit. Um, Your labour's turned into a Disney film. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then um, went in and did the mum thing of like, oh God, I've got to sweep the floor and um, fold the washing. And <laughs> so I was there like folding washing in labour, but I think that's, you know, I just love crack that. on with your day. I think that's good. I yeah, keep that. it normal. Yeah. You just yeah. crack on with your day because in my head I was trying to be like, this couldn't be it, you know, don't get too excited, mm. but also this is it. Um, <laughs> so they they got up at about eight and I think we all just kind of snuggled on the sofa for a little bit. I think um, we watched The Lion King, I think. Um, <laughs> And then I just kind of moved around the house and danced and um, was on the bed on hands and knees and swaying. Mm. And um, it was just not just so nice it's having freedom to yeah. just do whatever you wanted. And I was drinking, you know, lots of coconut water straight from the fridge. So it was all cold and delicious. Mm. So again, just having access to your own fridge. I mm. mean, um, and then at some point I went to the toilet and they just went, boom like naught to a hundred just so intense so wow. just ramped up and I think that positioning on the toilet uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, magic toilet. Toilet. yeah. Magic. <laughs> Di- the dilation station That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it so a surge came out of nowhere and it was so powerful it just I just put my hand straight forward onto the, onto the bath. It just kind of boom out of nowhere. Mm. Um, and then walking back for the toilet, another one came on and that one was so powerful. It dropped me to my hands and knees. Mm. Um, and I remember thinking it can't, you know, we can't be there already. Can we? Mm. Like, I think this was like an hour later or something. Um, so I said to Dan quick, fill the pool. Um, so we filled the pool up and I text my, ended up texting my friend to come and get, Marley um because we just thought you know he's just woke up he's really lively he's not going to need a nap anytime soon so (laughs) let's just let's just cart him off and um that was the right decision I think for us in that in that moment um I think if we ever have any more it'd be nice to explore having older children around and um but just in that moment that that felt right yeah so my friend arrived and interestingly when she was in the room so I'd got into the pool at this point um interestingly when she was in the room everything stopped um everything slowed down and I didn't have a the the surges had been coming every minute or so like really Mm. really quickly and she was in the room for about 10 minutes having a chat and I had I didn't have a single sensation it was just perfect just like and this was like a trusted friend that I'd known for years Mm. it wasn't even you know a stranger yeah but something mm. in my body just said, oh, you know, you're not alone. So that mm. was really interesting yeah. about, you know, when birth is undisturbed, how quickly it can progress. Mm. So then, yeah, the second she left the room, boom, a, ma- <laughs> a, massive, <laughs> one, a massive one hits me. Um, I think she'd lit some incense for me or something cute. Um, but she'd, yeah, taken my son. And that I think maybe even just knowing that he was he'd gone as well, then your body is just like, boom so um this was about 10 a.m I think Mm. um and then from that point on I think I was in transition in the pool it was just you know they were coming thick and fast really really intense I was kind of 
resisting the intensity trying to do anything to get some relief I was my husband said I was like thrashing around yeah. in the pool like a scene out of Jaws it wasn't like a peaceful um peaceful or serene or you know I wasn't breathing I was very loud mm. um roaring and mooing yeah. and just like fully just letting go and being like wild and primal and I was holding on to his hand and I remember burying my head into his neck that felt really good um mm. and then I think there was a knock on the door and oh it, god I think it was an Amazon delivery man oh no <laughs> um and I was being so loud oh, I was no. like oh my god what does he think is going on <laughs> um and my husband actually went to get it and I was like no come back oh god <laughs> um there was no way at that point that I couldn't not be holding on to his hand you know yeah. and you just like at that point you were he was like my kind of rock in the ocean and I was being thrashed about and mm. he was like my steady anchor so I couldn't imagine yeah. not holding onto his hand Aww. um and he was feeding me like sips of coconut water and that was amazing in between um and then they everything um just I was the intensity was so much I think that I was kind of fighting it a little bit inside I was like no you know oh every time just thinking mm. this is horrible so at one point I thought this is just birth you've just got to surrender so mm. I just said okay yes bring it on and mm. I changed apart from saying because I remember physically at one point and I was saying no no mm. so I started just changing it to yes <laughs> yes it's a really um, good idea yeah and I thought you know the I remember reading one of the my affirmations that were up you know the only way out is through mm. um and in that moment, you know, you, re- you you kind of forgive yourself for the first one <laughs> for having the epidural because you're like, this is really intense. And mm. you understand why in a hospital, you know, yeah. you know, you just want anything for relief. So yeah. I think the great thing about being at home is you don't have that option. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm not going anywhere now. I'm not doing anything now. So I've just got to dig deep and you just have to push through and go go over the wall um, and come out the other side. Um, so definitely hit that wall, but then, you know, started saying yes and more and come on, baby. Mm. We've got this baby, saying that out loud. And then I, everything, because of that, everything became a little bit, did become a little bit more manageable. Mm. Um, it slowed down a little bit. And I remember kind of entering that kind of deep rest or just exhaustion because mm. um, your body's been working so hard. It was just kind of like having a few moments of like dozing in and out of consciousness with my head on the pool um managing to get a few minutes of sleep um and then obviously god this is also hazy isn't it when you're in in the other realm yeah but um I think at one point I just instinctively just started hovering holding my hand um down by my vagina and just just instinctively holding it Mm. um Mm. and at one point it was just a vagina and then the second the next moment it was a head oh wow. <laughs> like, wow, wow. she's there she yeah. was literally right there oh, wow. um so I remember I, I was obviously leaning forward against the pool I kind of sat back up onto my knees and I just said in this really strange calm voice she's coming now um <laughs> and we didn't and we didn't know it was a girl but yeah. I just said she's coming now oh beautiful you know it doesn't even sound like your own voice yeah just really calm and matter of fact yeah um so yeah then her head was just came out in a shot 
and um because I'd got up onto my knees my husband had moved behind me um so he said so I couldn't see but he was standing behind me and he said that he could see her eyes open looking up at him under the water um and it was just her little face and then on the next surge her whole body just shot out instant you know um fetal ejection reflex there wasn't any pushing you know my body just took over yeah yeah. um and to to actually feel that power and to feel Mm. your baby moving down through your body and and being born is just so powerful and it was just something that obviously I didn't get to experience with the first so I was just Mm. utterly ecstatic um so she shot out into the water and my husband caught her and I didn't even hear what was playing on our speaker at the time because you know you're just out of it um Mm -hmm. but apparently literally as she was being born um Tracy Chapman was singing baby can I hold you tonight Um, I wish I remembered that because I literally don't don't recall it but Dan recalled it so that was obviously we don't have any photos or videos or anything because we were just so in the moment just which is which is also kind of nice as well that it was just that special moment um, oh definitely yeah yeah um so yeah he caught her and then it was that awkward maneuver of like (laughs) she's behind me so we have to like get the cord and the baby under my leg and I'm in the pool (laughs) but then finally we managed it got her onto my chest and I just sat back in the pool and I was like I've done it I've literally done it yeah I've had a baby just us two this is like amazing Mm. um and yes so my story does have a a a trans a post transfer unfortunately so I will talk about that as well um so we had we did decide to call the home birth midwife after that Mm -hmm. um so we were just what were we doing we were in the pool for a bit she had her first breastfeed um and then as we got out I think I got out about half an hour later mm. and um went to sit down on the sofa and automatically I was like oh this feels a bit uncomfortable mm. um mm. so stood up immediately and placenta just plopped out um yep. So that was amazing, just, you know, getting to experience um, a physiological third stage yeah, as well yeah. and um, have no rush with mm. that. So the midwife, we decided to call her then mm-hmm. um, once placenta was out. That was like, I always said, we're not calling until after that. Yeah. However, now that I look back at it, I probably would have waited another day <laughs> and just mm. really enjoy those like newborn cuddles because it did, you know, disrupt that bubble, that mm. immediate postpartum. And um, mm. I think you're so high from all the oxytocin, you're not really thinking straight as well. Oh, you really um, are, yeah. 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 Well, you're not supposed to be, are you, thinking about other people? It's about you and your baby that, you know, really, really yeah. tight bond. Maybe if we'd had a doula, they could have protected that bubble a little bit for us or made those decisions. Yeah. And how how quickly did the midwife come out to you then once you'd phoned? She was there pretty quick, to be fair, about half an hour. Oh, okay. So it was quite quick. Yeah. Yeah. So this was only maybe an hour after birth. Mm where so we were very much just like on another level you know so so we said we weren't really like enjoying it but you know I didn't take any pictures of the placenta for example or Mm -hmm. um get any pictures of us all together before calling her and then really enjoy Mm. the moment um 
Mm. So once she came, she was, I mean, she was lovely. And it turned out to be a lady that I, I'd seen at um, some of the home birth support group meetings okay. that we have around here. So I was like, oh yeah, if it could have been anyone, I'm really happy that it's you. Oh, um, you know, she's got like six kids Aww. and um, it's really cool. Um, but I mean, so I was really happy that it was her, mm. um, but she did cut the cord like straight away. And I remember saying, oh. I wanted to do delayed and she went, well, you can't get more delayed than that and then just cut it. Oh, and, um, wow. Oh. So that was, yeah, Shit. a, bit, a mean, bit of disruption to the... the oh, God. But, but I mean, I can't, even, I can't even picture that. Like, mm-hmm. did she just come into the room and then just sort of do it as if, like, so matter-of-factly, as if, yeah. like, oh, I see that that's still attached, I'll just snip that for you kind of thing, you know? Mm, exactly I, that. That's insane. I can't imagine, like, where's the... Where's that asking? Where's the question? No. You know, oh I know. I've seen some lovely now that you know, um, working in in the birth world, and I've managed oh. to facilitate it for my own free birth clients. So yeah. I, um, I, I really feel the healing in that. But I've managed to facilitate oh. some lovely, you know, cord burning ceremonies oh, and um, some beautiful things. And I wish that we'd kind of given ourselves that that space as well now. Oh, but you weren't uh, in the right place. Like it was so no. soon after the birth. And I mean, you, how are you to know that she would have come in and just done that? You know, I mean, mm. how do you know? And you're in the you're in a different realm still. You know, so. There's only so much you can do. Exactly. And oh. then she said, would you like me to have a look at your perineum? Right. And so I said, yes, because, you know, I did feel some really, I think something in me knew that something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I did feel, and I, in that moment, I was actually glad that she was there. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, she did um, say that it was quite a severe tear, unfortunately. Okay. So I think, um you know, I'd had the episiotomy first time. Yeah. From all I'd learned, physiological birth, you know, you're less likely to have a severe tear, but mm-hmm. obviously I'd had that episiotomy. So maybe there's something in the scar tissue mm, and it hasn't quite healed. Yeah. So she said it was a freebie, a freebie tear that she would suggest going in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I did say, are you sure we can't heal this at home ourselves? And, you know, maybe if I'd done a little bit more research, maybe where I am now, where I know mm. a little bit more about healing tears and things. But, mm. you know, she looked me in the eye and said, you know, this could, this, you know, it could be some serious problems later in life if we mm. don't go in. Um, mm. So in that moment, obviously, I just, you know, did what she, she suggested. Mm. Um, so we did make that decision and we went in um, to have stitches mm-hmm. um, for the tear. So, I think because I was in such a strong place from how amazing the birth was, mm-hmm. it wasn't too bad. You know, I kept her with me the whole time. Um, she breastfed um, skin to skin. Um, we did have to stay in one night and they kept trying to get me to put her in the crib. And I was just like, no, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, no, mm-hmm. I would just like smile and nod. And then once they left my cubicle, I would just keep her on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh you know I did feel quite strong in my decision and I actually just they wanted us to stay I mean this was May 2020 like I said so it was like peak um like COVID time as well so they wanted us to stay quite a long time the next day they still hasn't discharged us and I think they were gonna they were trying to get someone to to come and talk to me and tell me off for declining vitamin k oh right Uh, so they were waiting for the pediatrician but they were waiting to come and 
give me the talk um but they were waiting like they were like he'll be here he'll be here in a few hours and then a few hours later he'll be here in a few hours so it ended up we were in there for about 24 hours I think so in the end we just we discharged ourselves without waiting for him I said Mm. well I'm just just, we've decided to say no yeah to that so why are we waiting yeah that's Uh, not what you're there for anyway is it like you've decided to go in for the tear so why is there a lecture about anything else that's all your decision Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, no doesn't mean persuade me. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So it did, It that did just, you know, obviously disrupt um, our postpartum bubble. But I think we were just in such a good place. Like, so, you know, from from the birth that mm. as soon as we got home, you know, it was in bed and we managed to pick up, mm. pick up where we left off and enjoy our postpartum. Um, but I definitely think, you know, if, if, if we ever but were lucky enough to do it again, that we would that it's those immediate hours postpartum as well you, you mm. want to protect physiologically you're still mm. in that in that place of birth yeah. really um so inviting someone into your space who wasn't part of the birth team so like I said maybe if it had been a doula instead and then yeah. um, we'd had lots of meetings and we talked about you know I want the cord to be left and mm-hmm. and maybe I'd consider even a lotus birth or would I want mm. to burn the cord you know someone who, who was on the page but because she'd just come in yeah as an outside presence because we hadn't had even any contact before the birth it mm-hmm. obviously is going to disrupt it because you're not on the same page you yeah. haven't had a chance to to talk about your your wishes that's it it's a really important thing to share though I think it's really good for people to hear about that because I think it is something that gets so easily overlooked because I think you do there's so many I mean I was I was exactly the same you know I think you feel like right I'll do the birth I don't want anyone there but I'll phone someone afterwards and we'll just do the little bits and pieces get that kind of out of the way and you do forget or you just don't really appreciate like how much of an impact that can still have even though you've given birth even though a baby and a placenta has come out of you and everything there's still a kind of birth going on in your mind (laughs) that someone can kind of walk in on and then clatter about and really kind of yeah rock the boat and break that connection a bit and it's it's unsettling and you you just don't expect it so I think it's 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 a tough one but I think at least we get to share that with people and go oh have you thought about the afterwards you know because that's really important too Um, I am I I spend a lot of time talking to people about that because I do think I just don't think many people consider it I don't think they think about it well, I think as well, you know, we're kind of getting a little bit more savvy um, during pregnancy and, you know, some parts of birth. Of it's OK to take the time, you mm. know, give space. And that really applies to post-birth as well. You know, it's OK to wait until you feel ready to mm. call somebody into your space. I mean, we called somebody in far too soon mm. um, with my most recent birth and we didn't feel ready. But there was that still that kind of niggle of oh we've got to do it you know we've got to call somebody because that's what you do and Mm. um you know just to do all the little fiddly bits and whatever it was that we wanted but just that reminder that you can wait until you really feel like you're ready to receive somebody because it will burst that bubble even if they're amazing it will change the dynamic you know anybody new who hasn't been part of the whole birth will change things I think we in our heads we were um oh there was something about the six out you know get the midwife we're in because of the six hours they can register the birth mm-hmm. um but actually since um I've been looking enough to support um people having their own free births they've managed to 
not tell anyone for even like you know a few days um even and obviously you have to be prepared to navigate that as well mm-hmm. um just so call up and say I had a baby a few days ago and mm-hmm. I just want to to register them and you might be just be pre- prepared for some surprise yeah but to know that you're not actually doing anything unlawful or or wrong um so yes we had a we hadn't actually realized that before so we were like oh we'll just call someone in and they can do it not realizing yeah. obviously that person comes with all their medical things that they have to tick as well can I be really pernickety and just clarify that it's the notification of the birth rather than registering for the birth certificate just because that's yes, such that's an it. important yeah yeah just such an important <laughs> different um yeah. yeah and I think you know midwives are clever aren't they they know whether it's a baby who's been born a few hours ago and or if it's a few days ago and I just think being honest I mean technically it should be within that six hour time frame but you know so often I am hearing more stories of a bit of kind of discretion involved as well and I think and we're I'm in such a different place now even two years on that I know so much more than we did in that moment about like, yeah. all that kind of stuff and our rights and um probably in a place where we more of wouldn't wouldn't have maybe you know felt confident enough mm. but like I said it was that slow journey um yeah. so part of me was also still like oh you know uh, it wasn't a, a, an immediate breakup it was like let's have yeah. let's you know we felt like we'd done the hard bit let's get someone in and you naively yeah. think they'll just um so again it was another lesson in mm. in that really that yeah. um yeah so like I said if we have it again if we do have a third um, yeah. maybe we'll explore completely mm. wild pregnancy and free birth next time <laughs> do you mind me asking so concerning the tear do you feel like you would have made a different decision kind of now or do you feel like it was the best call for you Mm, I don't regret it actually because I've had some yeah I would like to say that actually had it's everything is healed Mm. amazingly even with you know going for stitches Mm -hmm. um and I've had support from an amazing women's health physio um who has done some actual internal kind of body work on the episiotomy scar tissue from the first birth um and she has just released kind of a lot of like emotion and like literally the scar tissue is like melted under her fingers I mean I'd I'd seen a couple of women's health physios before and they were more just like do your pelvic floors yeah can you squeeze my (laughs) finger Mm. you know it was all a bit like so I think sometimes you have to find the right one and found this amazing woman and um she's actually yeah it's it's all everything's healed you know two two and a half years later amazingly um so I don't regret making that decision um it it now yeah yeah I just I think it's one of those things I think it's because yeah I totally feel like some I feel like tears can heal I don't know to what degree honestly and then I don't think we know I don't think we can ever really just say I think it's kind of unfair to say oh they can always heal you know because I think Mm -hmm. there's possibly some danger in that you know because I think it's kind of painting this picture of just like oh your body can do absolutely everything um Mm -hmm. and you know you don't need anything at all and I think that can then take someone out of making that decision for them I think Mm -hmm. it's really important to kind of 
assess how you feel with it. And I think sometimes yeah. having the stitches is the right call, I feel. I think sometimes, you know, yeah. and you had this previous episiotomy too. So like you say, who's to say that could have had a, an impact yeah. on your tearing. So, you know, I don't, I think it's just difficult because I feel like with free birth, there's this like, they get a bit enmeshed with this whole idea of like, you don't need anything afterwards. You don't need anything during and, you know, you don't need stitches and all this kind of thing. And I think, well, yes, yeah, sometimes maybe, but it's still a choice and it's not so black and white all the time. You know, I think there is a grey area of like, but what do you want to do? You know, because there is, yeah. there are possibilities, like you say, for like long term impact with stuff. You know, it can happen. It's not beyond the realm, but it's, I think, yeah, as long as it's your decision, then I think that's probably grounded in something in you that's going, oh, yeah, maybe get this looked at a bit, you know. Yeah, I think that's so important. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah because I think there's this you know might be turning into a little bit of a rant but there's this <laughs> kind of <laughs> this view of you know every decision to have some kind of medical procedure is rooted in fear mm. and I find that really difficult you know I think mm. often it's actually some kind of intuitive move towards seeking extra support yeah and that is totally valid it's not always fear driven I mean that's where it becomes quite difficult isn't it you know where is that decision coming from is it fear is it intuition Mm -hmm. is it somebody else's expectations is it our own image of ourselves that we're trying to you know to be a free birther with a capital f you know what, what where is that decision coming from but I just think just enough with the like the boxing people in the definitions and stuff and yeah if it feels right if it's an informed choice and who who is to say what an informed choice looks like apart from the person who's making it you know yeah. does it feel good for you exactly yeah and uh so Catherine then since your beautiful free birth what's the reception been like from friends and family around you mm. Yeah, so we didn't actually, we we had to hold some boundaries during the pregnancy because um, it was a bit out there for some people. So I remember raising um, even the idea of home birth and some of my family being like, hmm. Um, so we didn't even actually really end up telling that many people. Um, I think my sister knew, a couple of my friends. Um, so originally we, we kind of worded it, oh, it just happened really quickly. Mm. And then the midwives came out afterwards, which was true. Um, but then more and more as I found my voice and found really confident with it and obviously um, started sharing about it and becoming and getting into birth work, um, my family know now that it was intentional. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, I think they can just see the difference in me. Like um, whole life has, really, has changed really. I think once you've had a birth like that, you are like, I can do anything. Um, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and you can. Yeah. Um, you can do anything and I've never even really thought about myself like that before mm. um so they can see that that in me that it's I've kind of found my voice in a way and birth is so powerful in that way um so it's it's been amazing yeah oh, amazing amazing oh, so lovely what a beautiful story. That's so good. And do you think you'll have any more or is that just a question? Who knows? Who knows? But do you plan on? Okay, I've said this that quite a lot this. Now, yeah, thinking. I've got the I've got the vibe that maybe. <laughs> no, I wasn't until now. And I'm like, maybe. It no. makes you broody talking about these stories again. <laughs> I mean, after the after the thing about the free birth is that straight away you're like, I want to do that again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
but I am lucky that I get to have get my newborn fix with um supporting women of like I said I'm in Yorkshire yeah. so I've um, been supporting some women here who have um, women and birthing people have been choosing to to birth um oh. and I've done a few free births even for first time mums which has mm. been incredible oh amazing amazing well we'll share all your details with this story in our notes and on our Instagram so people can come and find you and follow you and um and yeah follow your your amazing work Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your beautiful story with us. Oh, it's been an honour. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. If you have enjoyed listening to these stories, we'd love to hear from you. Take a screenshot, share your thoughts. We'd love to hear how you found these amazing stories. You can tag us, tag our Instagram accounts, share with your friends get in touch we'd love to hear from you if you're preparing for a free birth and are looking for support you can contact leonie and i directly visit our instagram pages for up-to-date information of our available courses and how you can book a private one-to-one session you can find leonie at at birthwise.withleonie and me victoria at free to birth thank you so much for listening make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode 